This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Juicers, I'm Alyssa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode 30. 3 0. The big 3 0. Our podcast is getting old. <laughs> old, old. Well, uh, we wanted to say hello to some of our new listeners. We've had uh, quite a few people join us lately, and we are much appreciative. Um, if you're just joining us, what (laughs) no no go ahead (laughs) i was just gonna say join us on our facebook page uh for god's sake don't drink the jones juice we have a great time in there we do um a lot of people post really funny memes some of them get reported (laughs) so if you um don't have a sense of humor about morbid shit don't just don't even join just don't (laughs) but clearly if you're listening to this you probably do so you would think but Mm. Some people will get their feelings hurt easily, I guess. Whatever. Whoever reported that Jeffrey Dahmer picture, please uh, reveal yourself. <laughs> and remove your... yourself. <laughs> yeah, that meme was funny. Yeah. That meme was, and I showed that to my dad, and my dad laughed. So, ha. <laughs> <Huh. laughs> oh, wow. But yes, we are super glad that you guys are here. Mm-hmm. Um, This is episode eight two of 2021 so we are hoping this is going to be our year and your year and everybody's year because 2020 sucked okay i okay so i want to tell you this so it was literally the first day january 1st 2021 and you know brooke and i had been uh saying you know 2021 we're gonna make it a great year like you know nothing could be as bad as 2020 Mm -hmm. literally the very first day of 2021 (laughs) we had a tornado warning in monticello i I didn't even know that yeah and uh scotty and titus were home alone um and scotty was not answering his phone um i think oh yeah so that was the other thing. So we had a tornado warning. There was a cell tower down. So literally nobody in Monticello had phone service. Oh, wow. While well, there was a tornado ravaging the city. Right. <laughs> and I blew out my ear, which if you don't know what that means, I stretched my ears and I stretched one, I guess, the wrong way. I don't know. And it... Tore. Yeah, it tore. And it now it's almost closed all the way back up. Yeah. So... That was my very first day of 2021, and um, I was supposed to be meeting um, a friend at Waffle House with uh, Titus, and I I texted her before um, I got back to Monticello, because I had to go to Monticello, pick up Titus, and then go back to where we were going, and I texted her, and I'm like, look, um, there's a tornado <laughs> in Monticello. Not just that, but... Um, there's also no service so literally i'm coming but if you do not hear from me i will be there at the time that we said so and i told her i was like literally very first day we have a tornado and i blew out my ear and there's a cell tower down and i can just tell that this year is gonna be Uh, let's hope that doesn't uh that wasn't the start of another shit year for you 
I think it will be just <laughs> oh, as shitty. I really do feel that way. Like what? Uh, no, I don't know. So I went to church today, guys. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So um, about a year ago, I went to church for the first time in about 15 years. And I am not a religious person, so to speak, I guess you would say. I, I'm more of a spiritual person, but I had a, a coworker you know, around the first time I went, um, that just loved the heck out of his church. And he kept trying and trying and trying and trying to get me to go one Sunday I did. And I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was just great. It was a very positive experience. It was uplifting. It was enjoyable. I cried because I'm a cry baby. <laughs> Every time I go to church, I cry. I don't I know. Do it's too. just ridiculous. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, I look like an idiot, but whatever. So anyway, I did that and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, my husband's like me, like he hasn't been to church in 15 years. Um, he's more like the scientific type, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. And so finally, um, my husband and I, we've, been going through some issues I'm sure as most of you have kind of been able to tell you know I haven't gone into details and I won't but uh I suggested to him last night I said let's go to church in the morning it was just a random thought and he said okay and I was like wow because I've been trying to get this man to go to church with me for years yeah and he's just always said no and he said okay and I was just like thank you so him and I went to church this morning and he really enjoyed it he um when he was growing up, you know, he had that Southern Baptist hypocritical, everybody looks at you like you're the devil if you do anything wrong type, you know, just like you have to be perfect. absolutely perfect. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. just everybody stares at you if you walk in a minute late. And the church that we went to, it's called um, Turning Point in, in McDonough. And uh, my friend Jeff, you know, is the one that introduced us to that church. But you walk in and even if you aren't a religious person or a Christian, even there's no way you can walk into that building and not feel goodness. Right. Like everybody is just so friendly and glad to see you. And it just, it's a feel good place, you know? And he, like I said, he's not religious at all, but he walked out of there feeling good. Good. He walked out of there feeling good and he was emotional. And I just, it was really, really good for us. And I told him, I said, we need to start going more often. We need to start taking the girls. So I think we're really going to try to do that. And I'm not saying we're going to be, you know, every Sunday church goers, but mm-hmm. I'd like to make it, you know, mm-hmm. at least once a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the plan. And I, I'm just so happy he finally gave in and, and he had a whole different feel, you know, than right. what he was used to. So I feel like. Um, especially like non-denominational churches mm-hmm. are just so much, so much more lax. Oh yeah. I mean, than, you wear jeans. Like yeah. I was telling my mom, I called her on the way home. I said, this place, you know, there's whites, there's blacks, there's Asians, there's tattooed people, there's holy rollers, there's drug addicts. I mean, they are so accepting of anyone and everyone. And it's just, it's just a great place yeah. like it really is so. i want to go with you yeah you should Titus. go i told the girls that they're going with us next sunday so maybe y'all should go too it really is funny titus See, would have to go to the kids or whatever oh yeah 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 we um i never ever go to church either yeah um but i think in 2019 is the last time i went to church and i went to a church um i wouldn't say it's local to my house but it's it's probably about, you know, 25 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And um, Titus loved it. I mean, he had a great time. And, you Good. know, I had to, you know, warn the yeah. the nursery people. I'm like, hey, uh, he's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. You know, um, but he had a really good time. And good. I had a good time there. I 
I mean, I like going. I don't know why I don't do it. Well, I bet you, you know, especially now that he's getting older and he's more verbal, I bet you, and, and being that he's in school, like, he would, do, he would do fine. Oh, yeah. And, like, I had no problems just dropping him off in there. Like, as soon as we walked in there, he started playing with toys. I Good. gave him a kiss goodbye, and he was completely fine. So, yeah. Well, you guys will have to go with us. I think you'll really, really like it. It's nice. Like, the music's very upbeat. Like, mm-hmm. I cried probably, like, 80% of the time we were there. Yeah. That's just how I am. I am too. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm looking around, and I'm like, why am I the only person sobbing? right now but I'm just such like an emotional person and when I feel I cry mm-hmm. you know so that's how I am too okay well, well good we, we can cry together well we can, I'll plan to go with okay. you guys. I mean I guess I'll have to meet you there since yeah full it's, cars but right right um Scotty getting him to go is gonna be oh, that issue I know and that was Aaron yeah for years but I'm telling you if you can just get him there once no. I mean there's Scotty is so I like I thought I would never get my husband in church yeah genuinely and he literally like he said I feel bad that I didn't go with you before he said because I just wasn't used to this kind of experience you yeah. know Scotty has gone to church with me a couple of times um when I was pregnant I always made it a point to go to church on Easter especially Easter yeah and so he would go with me Mm-hmm. But we were going to my mom's church and not that there's anything wrong with that church. I like the people there, but this is more old school. No, they're no. not. But it's mostly older people, not like old people, but, you know, middle aged and up. There's mm-hmm. like no young people. Yeah. And I just, you know, you kind of want to be at a church where you can relate with where people. you feel accepted and like yeah. you're like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the um, I loved the pastor of. Um, that church, she was actually a woman, a woman pastor. And, um, I met, we had been going to that church my entire life. Like Mm -hmm. since I can remember, that's the church that my family went to. Mm -hmm. And, um, we went through a few different pastors and, um, she came and before she was a pastor, she was just in the congregation. And, Mm -hmm. um, I instantly just loved her like so much. And I, um, I always made it a point to talk with her and whatnot. And then um, when I was 19, I was dating Scotty. And um, my mom took me with her to a, uh, it was like a women's retreat for church. And we went to, um, I think it was Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. I can't remember though. And um, she came to me and she cried to me and told me that I was, the number one person who made her feel welcomed at the church when she had joined. And I was like the pastor. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was like, you know, probably 14 when Aww. she came to the church and it made me cry because That's like, so nice. I'm just saying this cause you never really understand the impact that you have on people yeah. until they kind of tell you. Cause I had no idea she felt that way Aww. and it made me like happy because I was like, wow, like somebody felt I'm just this kid. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess you guys be nice to yeah, people. <laughs> exactly. Be kind always. That is one of my quotes in life. You never know what somebody else is going through. You never know what kind of impact you could have on them, even if they never tell you. Absolutely. You could have um, a life-saving impact Absolutely. on a person. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm glad we talked about church for 11 minutes. So, yeah, about all that. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the... The word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just, I wanted to share that because it, it really meant a lot to me. And, yeah, good times. So... Uh, also, if our listeners, if you, if you're not a Christian, if you're 
and whatever you may be we just want you to know that you are still welcome here religion's not something that we really talk about oh, on our podcast no, like, i mean we cuss like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um we do want this to be i mean that that is my personal belief i would never shove it on anybody i don't really care what anybody believes it's mm-hmm. just what i personally believe and we don't want you to be scared off because we talk about church maybe occasionally like well, once in a million I mean, I honestly think that was the first time we've talked about church. Now, mom, you know, we kind of discussed her listener juice and her beliefs, but we don't talk about religion all the time, you guys. Yeah, (laughs) this was a kind of a first. Yeah. So So. just stay. You're welcome here. And um, we don't care what you believe. We love you all the same. Love everybody. Beautiful. 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 You should join the church uh, choir. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Love everybody. (laughs) I'm a wonderful singer, right? Right. Oh, gross. <laughs> anyway, so let's get on into it. Do we have anything else to announce or talk about? Or um, We have ads available. Yeah. If you guys want an ad, if you want us to read about your business, hit us up. Uh, we have ads available pretty much for the rest of the year. So, Yeah. If you um, if you need the information again, mm-hmm. Brooke and I, we'll either one of us. Facebook page. Again. Yeah, we can do it again. Okay. Oh, um, one more thing I did want to mention. I almost forgot about this. So I posted in the Facebook group a few days ago that I was considering buying some t-shirts from our merch store in bulk Mm -hmm. because I've had several people ask me if I would be selling them at my tattoo shop. So I posted this little thingy and I said, you know, vote on your favorite design and maybe, you know, I'll get some in and have them available. I didn't even check on that. Did people vote? Oh yeah, they did. And you know, which one, the last time I checked the highest votes, you know what t-shirt it was? What? The one I'm wearing right now, the Ouija yeah. board one. <laughs> so um, I'll have to go back and check, but that was the one that everybody was liking the most. We had a good bit of votes on the tie-dye gem one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. So I'll go back and look, though, and uh, hopefully within the next few weeks, I'll be placing an order and I'll have some available for you guys to pick up at the shop. So we good. did have a lot of interest in that. Yeah, I got I've gotten multiple mm-hmm. messages throughout this entire podcast about that, too. Until then, though. Please check out our Store Frontier shop at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. We currently have nine designs and we also have a children's shirt and two masks. We have I two? Believe. I believe, Did right? Did you create one? No. Is it just the one, the juicer one? just one. Yeah. Okay. Well, just one mask. JK. JK. Anyway, without, with, without that being said. Oh. I do have another thing to say. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is the longest intro we've ever had. Um. So I said last episode, I think it was last episode, that um, I was going to post in the Facebook group about us making a Patreon. Mm-hmm. I never did because mm-hmm. I suck at life. Um, so I'm going to try and do that again today. So you guys let us know how you feel about that. If um, you'd be interested in, you know, getting extra content, whether it be bloopers, mini episodes, um videos of us recording Mm -hmm. each episode um there might be other stuff i don't know we haven't really discussed it yeah Yeah. um but just let us know what you what you think about that and um we'll try and get something started if you guys are like definitely if not then we probably won't do it for a while all right well i guess that's it you can get on with your story all right So, as you can probably tell by the title of this episode, I will be discussing the Sydney Loof case. 
Uh, before we get started today, I'd like to cite my sources. So I listened to a couple of podcasts, um, Morbid's episode of the Sydney Loof case and Murder with My Husband's episode. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. It was pretty interesting. It was basically just like a chick and her husband. Husband had never heard the cases. The wife was reading them to him. So like all his reactions were like raw and real. Mm, that's it, cool. It was cute. Yeah. So I also watched a couple of YouTube videos, one by The Chapter and one by Midwest Mystery and Mayhem. I read online articles from the Washington Post, Omaha.com, The Daily Beast, and JournalStar.com. A lot of this info is actually coming from the Journal Star. So, Sidney Loof was born on August 21st, 1993, to George and Susie Loof in Broken Broken Bow, Nebraska. The pretty blonde was the middle child and had an older brother named Levi and a younger sister, Mackenzie. The children were raised in Nali, 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 I think it's Nali, a small town in Nebraska of just 1,500 residents. I did put how to pronounce that here, and I think it's Nali. Could be wrong, but <laughs> me. Anyway, I, I actually did put like N-A-L-I-E, so I'm assuming that's it. So uh, Sydney graduated from Nali Oak Hill High School in 2011. Sydney's father, George, is the principal of the high school, and her mother teaches special education. Her mother, I believe, was an elementary school special education teacher. <clears throat> George also was Sydney's basketball coach coach coast <laughs> um, a sport that she excelled in sydney was quite the tomboy growing up and she enjoyed playing basketball golfing and fishing with her dad and brother sydney mm-hmm. had a cat that she loved dearly named mimsy oh cute mm-hmm. sydney suffered with depression and anxiety but was known as a super kind-hearted and generous person Her mom told JournalStar.com that on three different occasions, she took people who were down on their luck into her home, giving them a place to stay while they worked through their problems. Wow. Although she loved her job and she was a hard worker at Minard's, which is a home improvement store, her dream was to one day work with animals at a vet's office. She always tried to maintain a positive attitude, and she had a tattoo on the inside of her bicep that read, Everything will be wonderful someday. Aww. I know. I like that. <laughs> yep. She collected crystals. Same. And she believed in the healing powers of them. Same. <laughs> Amethyst was her favorite, and purple was her favorite color. <clears throat> so on to the story. It was November 16th, 2017. 24-year-old Sydney had seemingly vanished. No one had heard from her, and she was not answering her cell phone. Her family grew concerned and filed a missing persons report after she didn't show up at Minard's. This wasn't like Sydney at all. When she didn't respond to messages, George and Susie Loof went to her apartment. Sydney's cell phone, ID, and credit card weren't in her apartment, and her Jeep was in the driveway. Uh Uh-oh. Mimsy was there all alone with no food and water. At that moment, her parents knew that something was very wrong. Right, yeah. Her cat was her baby, and she would have never left Mimsy all alone like that. So in her hometown, news of her disappearance spread like wildfire. People tied green ribbons on trees, light poles, and mailboxes and stuck her picture in their yards. 
the boys of Valentine High School uh, basketball team, which her brother Levi coached, put green ribbons tied to their shoes. Their opponents at O'Neill wore green warm-up gear to show that they cared. According to friends, just the evening before her disappearance, Sydney had gone on a second date with a woman by the name of Audrey, who she had met on the dating app Tinder. The woman had been talking since November 11th and had exchanged nearly 140 messages on the dating app before finally meeting up for the first time on the evening of November 14th. I assume you've never used Tinder, right? No, I have not. Have you? Yes, I have. And it's a, it's a crazy world. It is, I, dating apps scare me. Like, I can't imagine being in that situation where, like, I have to meet strangers. Dude, <laughs> literally nowadays, I would never it's horrifying but dude back in the day when i was like 18 yeah i would meet a dude on there i'd go to his house and i would like spend the night there and oh my god (laughs) Alyssa! like looking back it was super super dangerous you never know who you're talking to it is horrifying i cannot imagine i know you in like they always say you know meet at a public place first and i never Mm -mm. fucking did that i went straight to their house that's crazy i can i'm so glad i'm still alive <laughs> but i would have met the <clears throat> one wrong person on there it's horrifying yeah that's all it takes it's really scary yeah so <clears throat> sydney was instantly smitten she told friends that she had met her dream girl audrey wrote sweet messages to sydney saying things like good night gorgeous and as they planned their first date sydney asked audrey if the date would only include the two of them to which audrey replied yes of course lol apparently sydney was afraid of a situation where she would meet up with a girl and then suddenly there was a boyfriend and that they'd be looking for a threesome Mm -hmm. um i believe i read that she had run into that a couple of times i'm actually heard of that happening too so yeah that's weird like come on just be honest you know what i mean literally like i'm sure there are people on the app that are looking for that you like, know put that in your bio because when i had a tinder i saw that all the time it'd yeah. be like a, a picture of a couple and they'd be like we're looking for another female or yeah yeah like why not just be honest about it so um a breakthrough happens when sydney's best friend and former co-worker brooklyn mccrystal did some investigating of her own Brooklyn knew that Sydney had gone on a date with a girl named Audrey from Tinder, and Sydney had shown her a picture of Audrey. So Brooklyn sets up a fake Tinder account and tries matching with the same Audrey. Dude, what a friend. Genius. <laughs> what a friend. Right? So we haven't seen Sydney. You know, the last person that was known to be with her was this Audrey chick. We don't know anything about this Audrey except that she's on Tinder. So let's make a fake a Tinder account and try to find her. And you probably would also not know this but the amount of swipes that you would have to do oh my god that would be all consuming so what a good friend right so finally she swiped and lands on audrey so the two begin communicating um on friday november 17th this is the day after sydney went missing Mm -hmm. brooklyn asks audrey for her phone number and Audrey gives it to her. And so then Brooklyn turns it over to the police. Good. What a good friend. That is amazing, right? Yes. Super smart. Super yes. smart. So Audrey, who we later find out isn't Audrey at all, 
but a 23-year-old woman by the name of Bailey Boswell living in Wilbur, Nebraska, about 32 miles from where Sydney lived, has a 51-year-old live-in boyfriend. Okay? Love it. Yeah. So you're a big fat liar already. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you're 23. You have a 51-year-old boyfriend who you live with. So immediately these two, this couple begins... They become persons of interest. Yeah, they should be. Super sketch. So, of course, police want to speak to Bailey, right? So Bailey tells the police that the two women drove around smoking weed and that they made out and that she dropped her off at home after the first date. Okay. The pair then hung out again the following night, which was the night before Bailey, or I'm sorry, before Sydney disappeared. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to mention here. The names in this story are unisex, so it can be a bit confusing. I'm just going to go ahead and clear this up. So Audrey is not Audrey. <laughs> Audrey is Bailey. Okay. So Audrey was just like a, uh, a fake, an alias yeah. that she used yeah. on uh, Tinder. Bailey is Audrey. Yes. Um, now, when we go to start talking about the 51-year-old living boyfriend, he also has a unisex name. So y'all just try to keep track with me. Okay, so Bailey said, the next night I came back, I picked her up, we drove around, smoked weed, and then we went back to my place and smoked wax. She said that Sydney, her 51-year-old boyfriend by the name of Audrey Trail, and herself. Oh, yeah, I forgot that his his name name was literally her alias. No, no, no. Her name was Aubrey. Oh, it was Aubrey? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Her name is Audrey. His name is Aubrey. Okay, okay. Aubrey. Okay. Still, it's so very the confusing. man is Aubrey. Okay? okay, like I said, these are all unisex names. Yeah, Bailey, Aubrey, Audrey, Sydney. Right, you know? it's weird, right? <laughs> so Aubrey Trail is the male. Uh, anyways, Bailey says that the three of them, Sydney included, were all making out and were basically like all over each other. Oh, okay, okay. So the two girls and the fifty-one-year-old man. Oh, could you imagine like going on a date with this girl? That you find attractive. You go to her house. She has a 51-year-old boyfriend. And let me just tell y'all this. You'll see eventually. But this man is, like, revolting. He is disgusting. Like, it's not even the least bit attractive. Mm -mm. So, anyway. Bailey said that she went to take Sydney home. And Sydney asked to be dropped off at a friend's house. And she said, I was so stoned out of my fucking mind, I don't even know where I was. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we're just sketchy all over the place, right? I wonder if that actually did happen, like, the them all... Making out? Or if that's just a lie. Yeah. I mean, she was scared. Yeah. She didn't that want that. very thing. Yeah. yeah. So, but according to prosecutors later on, Bailey Boswell used Tinder to lure Cindy, I'm sorry, Sin, Sydney to the Wilbur apartment that she shared with Aubrey Trail. Just 24 minutes after they arrived at the apartment, Sydney's phone was turned off. Wow. Scary. So, yeah. It would be later determined that on November 15th, while Sydney was at work, Bailey Boswell and Aubrey Trail purchased a hacksaw, 10 snips, a utility knife, plastic coverings, and bleach. I just want to say really fast, you guys, if you do use dating sites or if you are just meeting someone you found on Facebook or whatever, do meet them in a public place first. But oh, yeah. give somebody you trust 
your location. Yeah, drop your location. You know, mm-hmm. even give them the number of the person that you're yeah. meeting with. You know, give them an address if you can't oh. drop your location. You know, do something. Get, give them a plan of what oh, you're supposed sure. to be doing. That way. I mean, I've literally gone on like dinner dates with girls before. Like not as like a I'm going to get with this chick. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, let me send you this picture of this person and like their phone number. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I always have that person that knows who I was with. That way, if something does happen. You just never never know man no you don't you really fucking don't and mm-hmm. it's a scary i was actually thinking about this on the way up here really yes yeah. after i told you who i was covering or no because i remember i didn't remember till i recorded that recording oh yeah yeah i was just thinking about it in general how mm-hmm. like you pass so many houses and you just yeah anybody anywhere could be somebody screaming in the basement right now literally dude <laughs> So anyway, um, as I was saying, it would later be determined that on November 15th, while Sydney was at work, Bailey and Aubrey purchased a hacksaw, 10 snips, and a utility knife, plastic coverings, and bleach. Surveillance video showed Trail walking into the home improvement store where Sydney worked on November 15th, 2017, and he looked at his soon-to-be victim, Sydney. After this, Aubrey Trail called Bailey Boswell. Around noon that same day, Bailey texted Sydney asking how her day was going. This is around the same time that he was spotted in her store, but there's no <sighs> indication that Sydney saw him or even had any idea who he was. Right. So, so <clears throat> the last tender message was a few hours later that same day when Bailey told Sydney she was at her apartment to pick her up. The messages show that they planned another date to drive around, smoke pot, and get to know each other better. But police say that phone records show that Sydney went with Bailey and Aubrey to their apartment in Wilbur, Nebraska instead, where her phone stopped transmitting only 24 minutes later. Sydney's cell phone records help lead, helped lead detectives to the home of Bailey and Aubrey, an odd couple with an almost 30-year age difference. They were antique dealers. I'm sure they were. Mm-hmm. That and other things, I'm Exactly. Sure. So, investigators take a trip to Bailey and Aubrey's basement apartment in Wilbur, Nebraska, and knock on the door. They're met by their landlord, Jennifer Cole, who lives upstairs in the home. The landlord says that she hasn't seen or heard anything out of the norm, but that she did smell a strong smell of bleach a couple days earlier. It was so strong, in fact, that she had become sick to her stomach with a splitting headache. Uh, yeah red flag so they probably weren't diluting their bleach (sighs) so the pair who told the Coles that they were engaged and were antique dealers had lived there for about five months the Coles said that the couple always paid their rent and always in cash and sometimes even paid a few months in advance the family said that they were quiet tenants and didn't have many guests though they remembered seeing a couple of women with uh, Bailey from time to time the initial search of the basement apartment turned up no blood evidence or indication that Sydney had been there. Nonetheless, detectives were still hot on their trail. Yeah. Bailey Boswell and Aubrey Trail posted a very odd video to Facebook denying their involvement with Sydney's disappearance a few days later. So in this video, Bailey is wearing a hood, 
like a a, uh, a hoodie mm-hmm. and she has the hood like wrapped tightly around her chin and she's wearing like these big gigantic sunglasses and the whole time you can only see like half of Aubrey's face it's just super like bizarre it's like these two are fucking weird and not it just... only that but like at first i didn't know if it was like like them filming themselves or mm-hmm. if it was a picture with just audio on it until they didn't I... move yeah they didn't fucking move the entire video like yeah. and it's like a close-up of bailey's face yeah um and then i noticed it was a video when aubrey like blinked his eye <laughs> and i was like oh my god like it, this video like gives me the heebie-jeebies now we are going to insert the audio from this video here for you guys to listen um listen to but i'll also try to remember to actually post the uh the video itself on our facebook page so uh here you go take a listen to this weird ass shit it is um nine minutes long by the way so yes Good morning, Lincoln and Omaha and probably several other places. This is Aubrey Trail and this is Bailey Boswell. I guess y'all also know her as Audrey. But we spent the last few days watching ourselves being slammed and crucified in the newspapers and the news and everything else. So we thought it was time we had our say. Uh, we're not trying to defend anything. We're not trying to make you believe anything. We just feel we should get to say our side since everyone else gets to say theirs. Unlike the Lincoln Police Department and Salim County Police Department and all those folks, everything we're going to tell you, you're going to be able to pick up the phone or have a newspaper pick up the phone and very easily verify it. I am going to talk for a minute, then Bailey here is going to tell you about her two dates with Sydney, and uh, we'll go from there. The Lincoln Police Department apparently wants everyone to believe that we're hiding, that we haven't talked to them, that we're avoiding them. Actually, we've spoken to the Lincoln Police Department a couple of times. Uh, we also, through my attorney, Doug Mertz in Falls City, Nebraska, please verify. We both wrote long statements and sent to the Lincoln Police Department telling them everything we know. We also, the day before Thanksgiving, which would be the 22nd, we repeatedly called the Lincoln Police Department when they were trying to contact us. After about 10 phone calls, please have a newspaper, ask for their, they record everything. We were told to quit blowing up their phone, even though we told them, hey, do you understand that we're the people you're looking for? They said, you've called here several times. We will get back to you when we can. So that's how that went. They're telling you that they have all these leads that Sydney was last seen in um, Wilbur and such, what they're not telling you is that we are the two people who gave them all these leads. I called the Falls City Police Department because they went to my ex's house and looking for me. So I called to find out what was going on. Apparently they did not know my address in Wilbur. They thought I still lived in Falls City. I talked to the sergeant there. I told him what my address was in Wilbur. That night they went to my house and searched our house. We found out that on the 21st, I think it was, or the 20th, the county attorney in Wilbur, Saline County, 
filed a warrant against me for possession of a firearm, which is insane. I have never owned a firearm in 20 years. The next day, according to the papers, the warrant was withdrawn, but the Lincoln paper is not telling you that the warrant was withdrawn because there was no firearm in my house, but they will have you believe that. Uh, several other things, um, I guess the FBI and the U.S. Marshals and all that good stuff and a lot of other people with a lot of initials that I have no idea what means is, is investigating, looking for us or whatever. We were at our house four days ago. No one showed up. Uh, we were in Wilbur. We've been to Wilbur twice. We have a young lady with us for a week, which is Bailey's sometimes girlfriend. Uh, the Omaha police started calling her phone, saying, telling her pretty much that she's in danger with us. So we took her home the day before Thanksgiving. She was with us when... Bailey and I were trying to call the Lincoln Police Department. She can verify this. If you want her name, uh, I guess, friend us and message us on Facebook. Because as we know stuff, you will know stuff. Because we're not cutting, editing, or anything. If we make a slip on this video and say something that you find incriminating, please let us know. You know, and... You've already crucified us in the newspapers. You've already crucified us on Facebook. You know, in America, I sure thought it was a trial first, but I guess not. You've heard all of this stuff about my criminal history. All true. Been convicted of bad checks and forgery and all that good stuff. But never been convicted of anything like, uh, I guess I'm a person of interest on now. And oh yeah, the uh, Lincoln Police Department failed to tell you that me and Bailey do about a $100,000 a year business in antiques on the eBay, the antique malls in Lincoln, Omaha, all this stuff. Uh, they, they will have you believe that I'm still just a criminal running around. Uh, but, you know, I don't really need to explain all of that because as far as I know, I'm not wanted for anything. I'm a person of interest, and I'm not really running from anything. I mean, naturally, I can't go home now because my house has been swarmed, searched, and I'm being looked for. But uh, And I assume that I have a warrant out of state somewhere now, so that kind of cancels that out. So uh, this has pretty much cost me my life, and... Uh, I appreciate that from the Lincoln Police Department and the FBI and all those other agencies. But uh, I pray for Sydney. I hope she's found soon. Um, I wish the family the best. Uh, I'm sorry that she wasn't with you on Thanksgiving. And that's pretty much all I can say for now. Here's Bailey to tell you whatever she wants to. I'm fixing to step aside and get out of this. Thank you for listening. Hi, good morning. I'm Bailey. Audrey on Tinder and a few other names because I have warrants, but this really isn't about me. This is about Sydney. And I'm just kind of want to tell you what I've already told the Lincoln police more than one time. I met her on a Tuesday. We drove around Lincoln, smoked weed, had a great time. We hit it off. I dropped her off at home. 
picked her up the next night at her house. We drove around, smoked weed again, made our way to my house where we smoked wax and shatter. And I gave her a quarter ounce of some really good weed. Uh, I went to take her home and she asked me to drop her off at a friend's house. So I did so. I gave her my number. We were planning to go to the casino that weekend. Um... I mean, I haven't heard from her since. I just, I really don't even know what else to say. I've been seeing all this stuff on the news presses and the magazines and the news. And I just, I guess I just want the family to know that I'm truly sorry and I didn't have anything to do with this and I hope that Sydney is found very soon. She is a sweet, amazing girl. Um, I don't know. Babe, do you have anything else to say? I hope also that Sydney's found soon. We wish the family the best. We're sorry you're going through this. As far as all this stuff that the police department is putting in the papers, putting on the news, what they're feeding to the media, what they want the media to know. Um, there's nothing I can do about that. There's nothing she can do about that because the police department is going to do what suits them best. Yeah, I know that's coming from a criminal, so you know, you'll believe what you will as far as the police department's concerned. But as far as I'm concerned, what they're chasing us around like dogs. I wish the family the best. I mean, no disrespect to anyone. I wish Sydney the best. But as far as the police department, f- you. Yeah. So Bailey Boswell and Aubrey Trail eventually were apprehended on November 30th, 2017 in Branson, Missouri, the day after posting this strange video on Facebook. It appeared that the pair were preparing to disappear into the wilderness. I also want to say, in the video... Are you about to say how he says police? No. Okay, because it makes me want to punch him in the face. He does say police, weird. But no, it was um, how, you know, he's talking about how, you know, everything that they're saying, you can pick up the phone and you can verify it because it's all fact, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But at one point he's like... and. Uh, he's talking about Bailey's friend mm-hmm. who um, saw them contact the police or whatever. The police. The police, yeah. Uh-huh. And he was like, um, "Like, I guess if you want to know their name for like validity or whatever, you can friend us on Facebook oh. and shoot us a message. And I was like, Is he what? like asking for friend requests right what? now? On this video? Are you just trying to up your friend count on Ew. Facebook? Because you can send someone a message without friending them. Uh, like, Well, how about the part where he talks about like how much money they make a year? Like, yeah. why did you say that? Like, Ew. No one cares Ugh. at all. Yeah, the police thing. Like, every time I heard it, I was just like, cringe, cringe, cringe. Police, yeah. Police, gross. At least he's not saying policy. Like, policy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it appeared when they were apprehended that they had been preparing to, like, disappear into the wilderness. 
backpacks, sleeping bags, and a large number of granola bars and water bottles and camping clothing were among the items found during searches of their car and motel room. Also, in the video, they talked about how they were persons of interest Mm -hmm. and how they had done all this stuff to contact the the police. Mm -hmm. But he was literally like, but... You know basically like we're on the run i have yeah. a warrant out for my arrest yeah and um so we're in hiding and i'm like okay well that just screams guilty <laughs> exactly to me. like exactly. you're a fucking idiot Ugh, they're so gross <clears throat> all right so here's where we get into some some sadness so sydney's dismembered body was found on december 4th in edgar nebraska Her body had been cut into 14 pieces, 13 of which were found. The pieces of her body were stuffed into black garbage bags and were scattered along several miles of a rural Nebraska highway about an hour from Wilbur. My God. Her body shows definite uh, showed definite signs of a struggle and was covered in bruising and scratching. An examination of her body found bruising on her wrists, a torn earlobe, and bruising at the back of her head and inner thigh, all of which looked to have been signs of being restrained. Many of her internal organs had been cut out, including her tongue, kidneys, and her heart. Excuse me? And as we go a little bit further into the story, I think you'll understand why those organs were cut out. Oh, okay. Okay, I know. Yeah. So she was easily identified by the searchers because of the tattoo on her inner bicep that read, everything will be wonderful someday. God, that is so sad. Mm-hmm. Her torn up driver's license was also found in the area. What? Let me just tear up her driver's license. Just throw like, it that's like, going to do anything at all. Yeah. So after investigators found Sydney's remains, they returned to the basement apartment in Wilbur that Audrey Trail and Baisley Boswell shared looking for anything that could help them determine if Sydney had died there, how she was killed, and what kind of tools had been used to cut up her body. Mm-hmm. They found Viagra, 17 sex toys, bo- <laughs> bottles of bleach, and smears on the walls as if they had just been cleaned. Like smears of like cleaning product? product okay. Yeah. So according to Aubrey Trail's statements, Sydney died sometime that night during a and i quote sexual fantasy that involved choking he testified that he accidentally strangled her with an, an electrical cord when sydney who was hurting for money agreed to participate in the fantasy for five thousand dollars and died accidentally when the choking went too far aubrey trail also testified that he and bailey freaked out after sydney died and that they cut up her body on November 16th, 2017 to make it easier to dispose of. Okay. If you act, okay. If this story was true Mm -hmm. and you do accidentally kill somebody, like why did you top them up? Not just that, but like just call the police and get accidental manslaughter instead of you just made it so much worse on yourself. And now you're going to have like, what is it called? Where you like basically, you know, fuck up a corpse well yeah yeah and that's not at all what happened anyway but we'll find that out later it's just a dumb thing to go to because obviously obviously this is not what happened yeah so um he denied that bailey had anything to do with the killing and he testified that 
even though Bailey liked rough sex, um, the murder was his fault and that Bailey's only crime was, and I quote, meeting me. So Aubrey did have a criminal history, but it was just for things like bad checks and forgery, as he spoke about in that weird video (laughs) earlier. I'm a crook, but I'm not a murderer. Um, And he did spend time in prison for, you know, those bad checks and forgery, but he had no violent criminal history at all. So prosecutors laid out a much more sinister story. They said that Aubrey Trail conspired with Bailey to lure a young woman to her death using social media. They described Sydney's death as a planned, targeted killing carried out by two people who'd been lusting after a murder for months. Sick. Yeah. But not to worry. This shit gets even weirder. Okay? Okay. During the court case, three young women testified that they had also met Bailey over Tinder and then were eventually introduced to Bailey's sugar daddy, Aubrey Trail. They said that Aubrey claimed to be a vampire. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this shit's fucking, fucking wacko. <laughs> the women, whom a judge ordered not to be identified in any way to protect their privacy, said that they had their rent and car payments paid. They received clothes, drugs, and gifts, and were given allowances of $200 a week by Aubrey to join the group which he boasted included 12 other witches. Okay, first of all, $200 a week is nothing. Hey, but you paying my rent and my car payment? I mean... (laughs) I guess. Oh, so... um, But there were rules to follow. The woman testified, um, saying that they were forced to participate in group sex with the couple. Um, They were forced to help them sell and steal antiques. And that they uh, were they were supposed to obey Bailey and Aubrey's every wish. Those wishes included always being nude while in their apartment Ugh. and accepting punishments, including whippings if they misbehaved. They weren't allowed to speak to other men and had to check in with Aubrey every three hours. Okay. One of the women testified in court that Aubrey Trail told her that he was in control of everything, that he could read minds, and that he was a vampire that could fly. Oh, he could fly? He could fly. Wow. Bailey was known as the witch healer and the queen of his coven. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glad to know that. Weird people. So this woman said that Aubrey was very convincing and that she believed him. Dude, literally he, if, it, okay, in that video, you can hear his voice. He just sounds very country. Ignorant. Well, yeah, but like not. Convincing like a, like Charles Manson, like if, yeah, cult leader. If he were to tell me he was a vampire that could fly, I would be like, what? <laughs> I don't think so, sir. (laughs) I'm going to go now. Bye. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, apparently he was very convincing. So whatever. Um, So she said to get your power, you would have to breathe in someone's last breath. She said that she feared for her life after being told that if she left the group, she would be killed. Dude, that's how I got my powers. Yeah, breathe in that last breath. Oh, yeah. It works. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is frightening. If you think about it, like, I feel like they were doing some kind of, like, mind control on these girls. And then you're being told, like, if you leave, we're going to kill you. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? 
So the woman told the jurors that the couple, the couple spoke more than once about desires to torture and kill someone so that the women could become witches and gain their powers. One woman said that the pair intended to record and sell a video of them killing someone for $1 million. There was also testimony that Bailey Boswell liked to inflict pain during sex and that their girls had to call them mommy and daddy. Disgusting. Ew. Also, okay, so if they have these magical powers mm-hmm. and these girls <laughs> believe it, um, then they are probably under the assumption that Bailey and Aubrey have killed people before. So right. that just reinforces exactly. like the if you fear. leave, we're going to fucking kill you and take yeah. your last breath. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, jurors found Bailey Boswell guilty of first degree murder and three counts of the 10 <clears throat> that the evidence, uh, and three of the 10 jurors said that the evidence against her was overwhelming. It provided more than enough proof that she was directly involved in the death of Sidney Loof, they yeah. said. The jurors rejected the arguments of Bailey Boswell's defense attorneys that she was forced to participate in the murder by Aubrey or that the murder was not deliberate or premeditated. The jury of eight men and four women took three and a half hours to reach guilty verdicts on three charges, first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and improper disposal of human remains. Bailey Boswell showed no emotion as the verdicts were read. Yeah, because she's... A psycho. Exactly. Psychopath. Now, I told you it was going to get weird, but we're about to get even weirder. (laughs) I don't know if you know about this part. Do you? I think I'm pretty sure. Okay. So as far as Aubrey Trail, this fucking wacko stabbed himself in the side of the neck three to four times while in the courtroom after he screamed, Bailey is innocent and I curse you all. Yep. I do know about that. (laughs) And then he collapsed out of his wheelchair. Okay, I don't know why he was in a wheelchair anyway. I don't believe he was in a wheelchair before this whole court thing, so I don't know what that was. I don't know. But he stabs himself in the courtroom. Doesn't he do it with, like, a pen or something? The the, the things that I read, like, was all very conflicting. Like, he had some kind of something sharp, like, wrapped around, like, in a, like, a bandage or something and stabbed himself (laughs) in the neck. But uh, what does that prove, dude? That was so ridiculous. I'm just gonna stab my neck a bunch of times so they curse you all. I curse you all. Bailey is innocent. This will show them. So, sadly, his attempt at suicide did not work. Uh, but he was taken to the hospital and required stitches, and he was ordered to remain in handcuffs for the remainder of the trial. Literally, damn it, not sadly, because now he gets to be in prison. True. I, I just, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of cool for him to die, but. Well, it'd be cool for him to die, but not by his own hand. Right, right. So after hearing three weeks of grisly testimony and viewing nearly 500 pieces of evidence, a jury took less than three hours um, to render a guilty verdict in Aubrey Trail's murder, murder trial. Guilty of both first degree murder and conspiracy conspiracy to commit murder and the slaying and dismemberment of Sidney Loof. Sidney's family walked out of the courtroom in tears as the verdict was read. So Aubrey Trail's death penalty hearing has been delayed until March of this year due to the pandemic and one of his attorneys contracting the virus. Oh no. So even though they have, you know, both been convicted, we're still waiting to hear whether he will, uh, you know, end up with the death penalty or not. 
hopefully he will i hope so but that's all i've got on that one i i i thought that shit was wild that is super crazy like just you just never know with online dating and it's so prevalent now like i feel like any single person like in our age group has a tinder oh yeah i would never like i don't think i could do it that's how my brother met lauren not Mm. tinder but um was it bumble or something something like that it's whatever one where the girl messages the guy first i think it's bumble Bumble, i don't know but my bestie has that they are well great together so Brittany, my best friend uh the man she's with now he is amazing and they met online i I don't know it just creeps me out man if i if me and scotty for whatever reason we're we're not together anymore i could i just no yeah i couldn't it's so scary it is like you just you never know nope you never know shell don't uh well i guess we can take a short little breather and come back with Alyssa's story okay Welcome back, guys, um, to my part of the episode. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, so today I am covering Mary Shotwell Little and Diane Shields. And I I feel like a lot of podcasts may have done Diane Shields before, but I'm more focusing on Mary Little. Um, and actually, so Mary... Her um, missing, she's a missing person. Diane Shields was murdered, and there's a lot of connecting things. Her murderer was never found. Um, the people who kidnapped or took or whatever, Mary, they've never been found. It, it's just a cold case, but um, so two unsolved cases. Yes, um, but Mary's missing person's case was the largest manhunt in atlanta history wow and her case file was larger with the fbi than the assassination of bobby kennedy holy cow so like they were really trying to find this girl (laughs) and unfortunately they never did so so um i did get my information from um charlieaproject.org and cbs46.com most of this information came from charlie project dot org though so all right so um the year is 1965 and mary was a secretary at cns bank which is now called nation's bank yeah and um she worked for the bank in atlanta georgia she married a man named roy little who was a bank examiner six weeks before her disappearance oh no um, supposedly, Roy was out of town on October 14th, um, which is the day that Mary did disappear. Um, and he was out of town to train to become an auditor. And he was supposed to return home the very next day. And Mary, because of this, I mean, they're newlyweds and everything, she wanted to plan like a, a welcome home party for him, Aww. which is sweet. Um, so Mary got off work at the bank and headed to the grocery store for a few things. Right after that, she met up with a co-worker for dinner at a Piccadilly um, in the Lenox Square Shopping Center in Buckhead. Mm-hmm. 
she was in good spirits and the co-worker said that she you know talked about how well her marriage was doing and you know she just seemed in a really good mood after dinner she walked back to her car around 8 p.m and then the next day failed to show up for work which was not like her yeah she was always at work um, she didn't call in sick or even hint that she wasn't going to be at work. And, you know, this kind of worried her boss. So he talked to, actually, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. I just said her boss. So her boss talked to the coworker that she had had dinner with that previous night. And the coworker said that her car, which was a 1965 Mercury Comet, which she literally got that car that year because yeah. it was she 65. must have been then. doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, but that car was parked in a lot near Lenox Square. So, well, the previous night. So, you know, they called the, uh, I guess, the security at Lenox Square. And they went over there to look for the car, but could not find it. Mm-hmm. And Lenox Square, I don't know if you said mall, but if you're not familiar with the Atlanta area, Lenox Square is a mall. Yes, it is. And it still exists. <clears throat> Um, so the security guards could not find her car, even though they had her license plate number. Just, they couldn't find it. So Mary's boss decided that he was, or she, whatever it was, uh-huh. was going to drive over there and take a look. And sure enough, her car was parked in the yellow 32 section where it had been the previous night. Oh, wow. So something happened there. Security guards missed it. Uh-huh. The car had a coating of red dust all over the exterior, which gave investigators hint that it had been driven like down a dirt road uh four bags of groceries were found in the car along with coke bottles and a pack of kent cigarettes which is what mary smoked Mm -hmm. they also found a slip panties a girdle bra and a single stocking okay that's weird yeah (laughs) these are just undergarments yeah just just undergarments um they had also been neatly folded and placed on the console. Yeah, that's weird. Except the um, brassiere and the stocking, which were found on the floorboard. I don't know what's going on with my voice today. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, I don't know. Anyways, um, the stocking had been cut, presumably with a knife, mm-hmm. and the underwear appeared to have been worn recently, mm-hmm. and they were Mary's yeah. underwear. Her outer clothes, purse, coat, jewelry, and her car keys were missing and have never been found. Wow. Um, Blood was speckled on the undergarments and smeared on the steering wheel, the driver's side door, the inside window of the passenger's side, and the front seats. Gosh. It wasn't a large amount of blood, though. It was, like, the equivalent of, like, a nosebleed. Okay. But for some reason, it was just... Everywhere. Everywhere in the car, yeah. Um, they tested the blood, and it revealed that it was probably Mary's blood. Probably. Probably. Yes. Well, this is the 60s, so yes. I'm sure their forensics, forensics weren't really top-notch just yet. Oh, for sure. Um, so some police officers believe that the scene had been staged due to the smearing of such a small, small amount. Yeah. Um, they also fa- found an unidentified fingerprint in the blood on the steering wheel. Um, Mary's gas credit card had been used 
twice in North Carolina on October 15th, Mm. um, which is the day after her disappearance. Mm -hmm. The first usage was at an ESO station. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of that. In Charlotte, which was also Mary's hometown. So that's kind of weird. That is weird. The second time was at another ESO in Raleigh, 12 hours later. Um, the investigators were like really puzzled by this because number one, Charlotte was her hometown, mm-hmm. which is also where her family lived. And Rayleigh was only like a two to three hour drive from Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, the long span of time between the credit card usage seemed strange considering the drive from Charlotte to Rayleigh was so close. Mm-hmm. Um, And authorities think that whoever had Mary was trying to divert attention away from Atlanta. Yeah. Is it not Raleigh, North Carolina? Is it Raleigh? I think so. It is Raleigh. No, it is Raleigh. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yes. So, excuse me, guys. (laughs) It is Raleigh. am I wrong here? (laughs) I knew I was pronouncing that wrong. I I didn't want to say anything the first time, and then you said it again, and I'm like, "Mm." It is for sure Raleigh. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Okay. I even have a, uh, a... <laughs> I wrote it out uh to pronounce it too. So whatever. <laughs> um anyways, um so the signature on the receipts read um Mrs. Roy H. Little Jr. and appeared to be Mary's handwriting. And you know, her husband was Roy Little, so mm-hmm. um using Roy's mileage logs and the odometer on Mary's car, they came up with forty one miles that were not accounted for with the um you know the distance between the towns and the gas and yeah all that stuff so um attendants at both of the gas stations remember seeing a woman with a minor head injury with blood stains on her head and legs oh my god both workers told investigators that the woman was with one or two unshaven middle-aged men Mm. they said that the woman looked like she was trying to hide her face from the workers and that she did not ask for help. Okay. So, two different gas stations. Um, two different towns that are two to three hours away by car are saying the same thing. Uh-huh. So. And I'm sorry, really quick. I'm sorry if you guys keep hearing banging around because my turtle is like wild today. <laughs> and he's literally like six feet away from us and he's going nuts over there. So. Yes, he is. Um, so I think that that is a pretty good indication that she was there. Yeah. Um, so investigators also came to realize that the license plate on Mary's car had a Charlotte license plate that had been stolen in mid-October. But the weird thing is that Mary's car had all the right registration for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a Georgia's license plate. Mm-hmm. Um, so this would explain why the security guards couldn't find her car because yeah. it had a different tag on it yeah um it is believed that whoever drove mary's car to the lot probably kept it hidden on the night of her disappearance and then returned it to its original parking spot later this has never been proven but if the car had been moved it would have um been around the same time that mary was seen in north carolina so Um, a $20,000 ransom demand was made for Mary after news hit about the the um, credit card slip 
An anonymous caller told Roy to go to an overpass in um, a national forest in western North Carolina and that he'd find further instructions posted on a sign. So, the FBI sent an agent instead of Roy because, duh. Yeah. And all he found was a blank piece of paper. So, they were like, this is a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the caller was never identified and never attempted to call Roy again, so... Wow. It's so fucked up. Um, so, as we all kind of know, when a wife goes missing, who do they blame? Husband. Yeah. So, they wanted to investigate Roy for his possible involvement. Um, Mary for- Mary's former roommates did not like him. And some even refused to go to their wedding because of it. Wow. And on top of that, Roy didn't seem particularly bothered by Mary's disappearance. He just kind of seemed indifferent. Mm -hmm. He even refused to take a polygraph several times. That's weird. Yeah. But he did have a solid alibi during the time of her disappearance. And the investigators found nothing he could gain from her death. Um, there were also no signs of trouble in their marriage, so hmm. he could have. Just... You know, that's not, you know. I, I don't think you can ever make an assumption about somebody with the way they behave to tragedy, because I think everyone is so different with their emotions and how they show emotion. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, they mm-hmm. they do say you can't really judge that because. And, and for someone like you or I, I, I know if someone was acting indifferent about someone we love disappearing we would be like what the fuck's wrong with you you know because we are such emotional people but not everybody is that way a lot of people are just closed off with their emotions you know they deal with it internally yeah where we're like (laughs) doing everything in our house (laughs) it is very hard being an overly sensitive person person. um so there was also speculation that Mary's disappearance might be connected with a sex scandal going on at her job around the time that she had vanished. Mm-hmm. The bank hired a former FBI agent to investigate claims of lesbian sexual harassment and possible prostitution on the property. What? I don't know what lesbian sexual harassment means, but it sounds very 60s. Okay. <laughs> Mary supposedly supposedly knew about the scandal, but nothing has ever been proven to tie the two together. So, <sighs> um, Mary's friends told investigators that she had been getting unsettling phone calls at work in the weeks leading up to her disappearance. They said that they could hear her telling the caller that she was married and could no longer visit with whoever it was that was calling, but that they were welcome to come visit her. Ooh. They do not know who this person is. She also received flowers from a secret admirer during the same time as these mysterious phone calls. Damn, Mary was popular. Yeah, I mean, she was beautiful. Yeah. Um, The flowers were traced back to a florist near where Mary lived, but the person who purchased them, like, they couldn't... Paid cash, probably. There was no... There was no name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary never told anyone the details of the mysterious caller or the secret admirer to anyone, so 
Mm-hmm. That remains a mystery. I feel like you need to tell somebody that kind of thing, you know? A lot of this. It's just... If if this kind of thing was happening to me, I'd be telling everybody. <laughs> oh my god, this creeper just brought me flowers at my work, and I would literally get on the podcast next episode and be like, "You'll never guess what happened to me." <laughs> That's just who I am. But I mean, some people are private. Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, I have gotten gifts at work before from men, and I made sure people knew who they were from. You know, because yeah. I was just like, "What the hell is happening right now?" Just in case, because you never, you never know. know. Yeah. <laughs> That's the theme of the day. You never know. You never know. Be careful. <laughs> so, um, and also, like, these friends fucking suck. Yeah. Because they're, they know all this information, but they never dug for anything else. Like, if you were telling me yeah. half the shit that she was telling her friends, I would be pestering the fuck right. out of you for you to tell me. Yeah. Especially this part right here. Oh, God. Where some of her friends reported how mary had been fearful of being home alone or driving her car without someone with her during the same weeks as the phone calls and the flowers there was something really weird going on and they i I mean it it seems like they never prodded her like this is something that seems serious to me and if any of my friends were dealing with this i would be like dude who's doing this let me help you um she never explained why she felt unsafe. And to me, it's like, I feel like she's telling her friends all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, huh. And then she doesn't elaborate. And then they don't ask questions. That's right. what it seems like to me. Kind of like. The first thing I would do if you were telling me this, I'd be like, well, who is it? You know, why do you feel this way? Me too. Like, what are they doing? Yeah. What are they saying? Yeah. What is your relationship to this person? Where did you meet them? Um. So... I wonder if it could have been somebody she was, like, having an affair with. Could it have been? You know? And that she was fearful, you know, if she put the name out there that maybe her husband would find out or, you know? Who knows? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, um, we don't really know how, what like, what type of person Roy was. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking maybe it was someone who may have had a crush on her before she was married. Mm-hmm. And then now that she is married, they were, like, super Not jealous letting about it. Go. it. Yeah. Yeah. And she probably, I mean, this was the 60s, you know, nowadays, you know, if, you know, someone's doing that to you, you can kind of blast them. Yeah. But back then. Yeah. You we didn't would have... probably seem like a whore and yes, all this other stuff, exactly. even though it, you have zero control over it. Oh, so yeah. it probably had a lot to do with her. Um, Just not wanting to look and, bad. And, yeah. And, yeah. Her, she's trying to protect her integrity and, and look like whatever. a lady. Right. Yeah. Um, so... Along with all of that, a few days before she disappeared, she told her co-workers that she had something important to share with them, but she never shared it. They never know, never knew what it was that she was going to say. That's so frustrating. If you told me that, I'd be like, no, 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 no. You can't just say that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be in anxiety until you tell me. Right. But no. She didn't tell anybody. I guess they didn't really prod and ask. And now she's gone. This kind of stuff pisses me off. It's like it could have been prevented. Literally. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so somehow during the next few years of, um, them investigating Mary's case, her case file suddenly vanished. Hmm. 
they don't know like from the police department just gone just gone yeah they just it's just gone no one knows what happened to it Hmm. and you know i said that her case file was huge Mm -hmm. so it couldn't have just slipped away somewhere accidentally got trashed by the maid no like (laughs) somebody purposefully did something yeah and with the next case to me i really feel like a police officer had to have been involved in this okay um so like i've said before she's never been found um it's speculated by some police that there were that there was never any foul play involved and that mary staged her own disappearance which why why i don't think she would do that i mean does she have any reason to do that no i mean if there's nothing going on in her marriage that her finances yeah. nothing no I mean, she had a brand new car yeah like um other investigators think that she was abducted which duh yeah like fucking duh if yeah. you think otherwise you're an idiot mm-hmm. on the night of mary's disappearance a woman reported a man harassing her in the lennox square shopping center mm-hmm. around the time that mary would have been walking to her car Nothing has ever came out of that. The man has never been identified, but it is speculated that maybe he had some involvement. Yeah. Um, 18 months after Mary's disappearance, another another woman by the name of Diane Shields took her secretary job at the bank. Oh, took Mary's job? Yeah. Wow. Okay. She even had the same desk and roomed with Mary's former roommates. Wow. So. Wow yeah okay i wasn't expecting that yes so there these two cases are connected somehow okay so unfortunately diane was murdered she wow. was last seen leaving work in a blue and white impala at two thirty a.m the next day her car was found near a laundromat on sullivan road in atlanta quick question yes did mary and diane know each other no Okay. They had never met. They had never talked to each other. They knew nothing about the other person. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the very next day, her car was... Okay, I already said that. Her car was found mm-hmm. at the laundromat on Sullivan Road in Atlanta. Her body was found in the trunk of the car. She was fully clothed and had not been sexually assaulted. She was still wearing her diamond engagement ring and a scarf okay she sorry she was still wearing her diamond engagement ring a scarf and a piece of paper from a phone book had been stuffed down her throat what yeah she died of suffocation wow she was so brutally beaten that her fiance had to identify her by her engagement ring and the dress that she had been wearing that is so sad At first, police thought the two cases may have been connected, but that idea was soon discarded, which, like, how can they not be connected? Are you kidding me? Like, she lives with the same people. She took the same job. Literally. Like, what? No. Um, and just like with Mary's case, Diane's behavior started changing weeks leading up to her murder. Wow. She was becoming secretive and mysterious. She also told a few people that she was helping the police with Mary's case. Hmm. So you'll never believe this other weird coincidence that happened. Oh, gosh. Can you guess? Can you guess what happened? No. Go for it. 
her case file suddenly disappeared disappeared shut up somehow her case file just was gone what that is not a coincidence okay no not a coincidence so there's no evidence for either case but there are emails from the alleged killer these emails were reviewed by renowned statement analyst peter hyatt with his team of over 50 experts emails to who the police okay they concluded that the person who wrote the emails had knowledge about who murdered diane and how and why they murdered her it's theorized that the killer was an acquaintance of hers that had a crush on her but the rejection sent him over the edge Mm -hmm. both cases are still unsolved though they think they can solve diane's case with the emails from the alleged killer well let's do it but i think it's um and that right there that update was from 2019 so Mm -hmm. they truly do think that they can and so they're still working on it to this day yeah um i think they're connected like what are the odds for sure what are the odds okay so let's just say i disappear right i Mm -hmm. disappear you found my vehicle i'm gone there's blood in my car all of a sudden this new piercer takes over my job a couple of months later she's found murdered how would it not be connected and then on top of that both case files go missing yeah like that absolutely is connected like are you kidding me I hope another girl didn't take over. Like the third. <laughs> I would not. No. <laughs> or if I did and then I found out about what happened instantly, I'd be like, no. bye. Yeah. See ya. Oh, wow. That is nuts. I never, never heard that. Yeah. Um, They say that by solving Diane's case, they think that they could help. It could help solve Mary's case. Mm-hmm. And so saying that, I think it implies that they're connected. Clearly they're connected. And I think... I mean, I had no information saying that the police were involved, but when I mean, you have two f- ginormous files that vanish from the police department. I don't think a random person walked in there and took them. No, I don't <laughs> think so either. And then you, know? you also have police saying that, oh, no, I think they staged she, Mary staged her disappearance and, yeah. you know, she just wanted to go away. Like to me, no. Like, there's nothing about that that screams staged, Mm -hmm. you know? Sadly, just like I mentioned earlier, I think in the 60s, I mean, clearly forensics weren't anything like they are today, right? you know? And being that we don't have any evidence on file, I mean, what do you really go off of at this point, you know? I don't, I mean, and you don't have, like, the the case files, you don't have the evidence for any, you don't have, like, literally... I mean, the emails, I wonder how long ago these emails were sent. It seems like that would be easy enough to track. Probably a while ago because, you know, you would think they could do like an IP address or something like that. But I mean, even still, I mean, emails have only been around so long. How long have we had internet? True. You know what I mean? Hmm. What? When did internet get big? Like in the 90s? Yeah, you're right. They did not. So we're not talking about this person in the 70s was writing these emails. Right. So interesting. I don't know. It didn't really say. So, hmm. That that is an interesting, interesting thought there. I don't know, but crazy. Somebody, I think the same person probably did it. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. because Diane was also very beautiful. Both Mary and Diane were just gorgeous gorgeous women 
in um, that uh, article, it said that, you know, uh, Diane was, um, like, everyone, every every man wanted to be with her and every woman wanted to be, be her. her. So, mm-hmm. I'm sure some weirdo stalker. I mean, even maybe the involvement at, you know, someone who worked at the bank. Yeah. You know, somebody rich and powerful who can make things disappear and mm-hmm. go away because they have money. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I do hope that that does get solved or they have a breakthrough in the case because that's just really sad. One of the weirdest things to me, I think, is how bodies just dis a fucking peer. Dude, like fucking dude, it's insane. out there somewhere. Like, find it. Like, what are you doing? Like, like the flesh may not be, but the bones are there yeah. for sure. It's like I, I go back to the Justin Gaines case. Like mm-hmm. he's somewhere. Like or he's out there. Bryce Lespuza. Yeah, somewhere out there. I mean, imagine uh, that's a creepy thought, but like, how many bodies are just like in the woods somewhere, or you in know? water that you go swimming yeah. in? Yeah, I don't Ugh. know. I mean, these you, you don't just an entire body, even if it's burned, mm-hmm. there's still bone fragments. You, always, you know what I mean? Bodies mm-hmm. just don't go away. Right, they're there yeah. for sure. Yeah, I was watching a um, I think it was either cold case or forensic files or something, and um. This man had lived in this house for, I don't even know, like like a, a lot of his adult life. And then he sold it. And inside they found a barrel with like a mummified body in it, like under the house. Holy and God. he was like, I do not know. <laughs> I've never seen this before. And it was not his murder. Yeah. He didn't do it, but he lived. It had been there for. It was a mom. It was a woman and she had been like nine months pregnant. Oh, and... wow. And it had been there the whole time he lived there. Yeah, that the is entire so scary. time. Ooh, I'm and, gonna go check my crawl space. Right? <laughs> no, I mean you never, you never know. Exactly. Think about the day. <laughs> but um, they think that they knew who the killer was. It was some man who worked at some factory where those barrels were very common, mm-hmm. and um, he had had an affair. But he, they assume he killed her because um, he didn't want his wife to find out. Right. And um, she was like an immigrant from. I don't remember where. Um, she was Hispanic, I think it was. And um, he didn't want his wife to find out that he had had an affair and, you know, now had a baby. And um, But he killed himself before that they could... Uh, find him. Yeah. Well, arrest him. Yeah. So they never really found out whether or not he did it, but... It's pretty clear, yeah. It's crazy that, you know, I mean, that bo- and that body had been in that house for, like, decade upon decade upon decade like this man was an old ass man when they found the body so i hate it there's bodies everywhere guys (laughs) everywhere check your attics and crawl spaces i mean dude if i found out that there was a mummified body that had been underneath my house for well it wasn't even like he had known the barrel was there Uh uh-huh he had seen it yeah but he was like why would i open that barrel right you know and he had put it out for like the trash to get (laughs) but he decided i guess to open it or somebody decided to open it and they found that body which number one can you imagine opening that and you're probably thinking there's probably like sludge or something in it but there's a a body a mummified body yeah so there's still like stuff attached and it's and and she was nine months pregnant which means there's also a dead baby in there just Uh, cannot even dude like that one episode i had thought about covering that but yeah i'm not i just told you guys everything (laughs) okay i guess that's it um if you guys 
want to join our Facebook group, you can do so at For God's Sake, Don't Drink the Jones Juice. You can follow our Instagram and TikTok at Don't Drink the Jones Juice. Uh, buy our merch at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. Um, is that it? I always say that. TikTok. I already said Instagram, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, Facebook. Store Frontier. E- I think that's it. Let us know what you think about oh, Patreon. What? That um, if you have true crime or paranormal oh, yeah. stories, email them to us at don't drink the Jones juice at gmail.com and we will be sure to read your story on our next episode of listener juice we would love to read them especially because of how awesome our last episode yeah. was like those stories were phenomenal guys oh and p.s i did make a little screw up i realized after i listened to our last episode um of listener juice i realized i said that we had never had a true crime um uh, portion of our listener juice but we have do you remember abby and her telling us about kathy i actually knew that we had had true crime before and uh-huh. i meant to tell you but i, I completely so. forgot about it but it pops in my head the other day i said oh yeah kathy was true crime i'm glad that you said that because actually i have a correction from last ep- not listener juice but our last episode i don't know why i fucking said this i was telling <laughs> my friend ashton this the other day i don't know why i said this mm-hmm. like legit do not know why I said this, but I noticed it when I was listening to the episode, mm-hmm. like the day after. Mm-hmm. I don't. Okay, I fucking said that. Um, God, what was even her name? Sid's girlfriend, Nancy. Nancy, yeah. I said that Nancy still had the fucking knife in her after she had been stabbed. Did she not? No. Are you sure? I'm. I thought sure. she did too. Oh, no, that makes me feel better, but I'm pretty sure it was not still in her. Okay. Because I was like, t- like me and me and Scotty were talking about it, and he's like, yeah, no, that's that's definitely not right. But, you know, people, when they stab someone, they don't typically leave the knife. I swear she did. And I was looking at the crime scene photo, and there was definitely not a no. knife in her abdomen, so. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I thought that too, though. Maybe I just thought it from you saying it. Well, I mean, I said it with such a matter of fact. <laughs> I don't know why I even said that. Like, that okay. does, people don't typically leave the knife inside of the victim, I guess, unless it gets stuck or if it breaks off. But yeah, yeah the knife was not in her abdomen. Okay. I don't know why I said that. I, I've screwed up several times and heard it, like, after I played back. I'm like, why did I say that? You know, Scotty you... caught me with something recently. Yeah. It was a date did. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, guys, we're we're trying hard. <laughs> well, I think that's everything. Um, this was um, a shorter episode than usual, I think. Yeah. We're like at an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Well, not too shabby. All right. Well, we love you guys. Love you guys. And uh, that's, it. that's it. That's it. All right. For God's sake. Don't drink the Jones juice.